grave, time to wake up. Active in my faith, time to stay up. Watch me flip the switch like this. Watch me flip the switch like this. Raised from the grave, time to wake up. Active in my faith, time to stay up. Watch me flip the switch like this. Watch me flip the switch like this. Wouldn't even be on anymore. All right, you good? All right, for sure. Welcome to the Flip the Switch podcast, where we flip the switch on everything, and I do. Oh, everything, everything. From relationships to financial freedom, freedom of of self, self identity, spiritual things, physical things, whatever you want to talk about, we talk about it. So we got a very special guest today. This is a special guest because I met this man when I was going to the LA Film School, and. um Strangely enough, he reminded me we met at a different type of location that I didn't realize that we met at. I forgot. Uh, honestly, it's funny because yeah, I thought we met I, right. I thought we met at Walgreens, bro. I don't know why that's in my head. I don't know if maybe it was just a, a moment where we actually seen each other after we met, and that's probably what it was. Um, apparently, y'all met at Jay Z house. <laughs> that's what actually happened. Yeah, that's I, what it I, felt like. That's what it felt right. like. Right. It was a nice mansion in Pico Rivera. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we got we got my we got my man Julian Franco in the building, so to speak. Well, he in the building, yeah. we in the car. <laughs> we all together on one video. <laughs> right, right. We all together what's, in the building together. What's going on, man? How you doing? How you feeling? I'm blessed. I have no complaints. I'm sitting here in the morning. Got my morning going. My morning routine. I'm normally in the office, um, dealing with phone calls, dealing with credit reports, answering questions. That's not typically how my mornings go. My mornings are a lot busier than my afternoons. Um, oh, so. But I'm normally in here dealing with clients left and right. So my phone normally is going off, but I have it on the pause right now. So nobody's calling me right now. <laughs> <laughs> So wait, so normally, so people actually wake up that early to to deal with uh, credit? You think about it, it's going on 11 o'clock here. Half the day is already gone. Right. Oh, where you at? I'm in He's in Atlanta. Oh, okay. Yeah, three-hour three time difference, first. right? Three-hour yeah. time difference. So, yeah. you know, okay. the, stock, the stock market been open for three hours. <laughs> yeah. Eight o'clock. So you think of what's going on on this side of the country. Damn, so. that's 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 interesting, man. So listen, we, we we all drinking coffee, looking all half sleepy. Like man, I've been up. <laughs> well, well he been o'clock. up, we, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's eleven o'clock over there, <laughs> man. Nah, so listen, man. We appreciate you coming on, bro. Because uh, I, I know for me, especially, man, I, I've always wanted to really inquire about credit. I think I know I've hit you up before about it, you know, after you got into the business uh, yourself, I hit you up about it. Um, but I, I know there's a lot of people who really don't understand it. I've like had conversations with people and, you know, uh, when, especially when it comes to credit repair, they're like, yo, if it's that easy, why can I just do it? That don't make sense. Like, that don't, you know, they don't want to spend their money because they, they don't understand it. They don't have that understanding of, you know, why would I go to somebody when I could do it myself? Like, if it's that easy, that doesn't make sense. It's like it's like it's all it all comes it all comes to which hiring a professional. You know, anybody can learn how to how to how to remove an engine out of a vehicle, but do you want to do it? Right. Anybody can learn how to do credit repair, but it's Interesting. a process. 
you hire a professional to handle it for you. You can you can unclog your own toilets, you can unclog your own sinks, but you want to hire a professional plumber to come do it for you, or are you going to do it yourself? It all boils down to you doing it yourself and learning the techniques and the tools to mastering and doing it yourself because you can easily do your own credit repair and get yourself into more trouble than getting yourself out of trouble. Mm. So you have to be mindful Forget of what that. you're saying because it's all about your wording and how you word things being sent to the credit bureaus. You have to make sure your wording is correct. Wow. Yeah, I just sense. got some gems before we even got into it. <laughs> Dang, that's what I'm talking about. So listen, uh, we do a highlight of the week as well. And so okay. uh, normally when we have our guests come on, especially if they have businesses, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, normally if there's businesses or, you know, a book, you know, just music, whatever it is, you know, we highlight uh, our guests and their businesses. So, um, you know, we're highlighting you and JF Creative Management. Mm-hmm. Um, again, thank you for coming on the, on the podcast. You know, um, JF Creative is a credit repair company. Um, and it's JF something that... Creative, I- sorry to cut you off, but JF Creative is my umbrella company. Clean oh, Slate true. Credit, Clean Slate Credit is my credit repair company. JF Creative is my umbrella company, basically governs all my other businesses. So JF okay, Creative, what? everything. Oh, so my what? JF Creative, JF Creative Management manages all of my other businesses. So I have a photography business as well. I have my production business, and then I also have my credit repair business, which I'm in. I'm getting into more other ventures right now, such as real estate, uh, which I'm having a lot of more ventures as well, which is all going to be under my JF Creative Management Group. Dang. So that's, okay, my, that's, I my, feel umbrella, that's my umbrella company. I, so you 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 working on seven strands of income. I mean, they say <laughs> the average millionaire has seven different strands. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, I'm you know, with it. The average millionaire, you know, you got to think like the average millionaire. Mm-hmm. You um, what what all what all do you do on the production side? On the production side, well, I have a team of people who I work with, who I'm close friends with. Uh, Man Robinson, he just put out a new movie on um, on, um, the the app called uh, Tubi and Amazon Prime called Turn. Uh, good guy. He has a good production. He came along with me. I met him back in 2018. And he's been a good friend. I worked on his credit, worked on his wife's credit, and he just became a good close partner with me with working on films. And I worked on a few of his films with him as just as a helping hand. And then mm-hmm. in return, he worked with me on my horror film last year. So it's mainly films. Nice. Dope, mainly though. films right now. Not only that, um, we have our music business as well. Where I have two artists I'm producing right now. One goes by the name of Donovan YG Shine, and the other goes by Mook. Uh, the real John Doe. They have they both their identities. One lives here in Atlanta, Georgia. Another lives in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, I took them into the studio, supplied all the funds, had the engineers in the studio, made sure we was well set in the studio, and nice. I gave, gave them studio time for six hours. And we just sat in the studio for six hours, and we recorded what was on his mind. And we had the beats to go with it, and we just kept the flow going. Dope, dope. Oof. Nice. This is some real inspiration right here. You know, when you have, <laughs> when you have to realize that if you're going to invest your money into certain people, you have to realize that they have to bring some kind of return back to you, whether if it's what's in their mind, what's in their heart, what's in their spirit. So if they're going to bring any type of creative juices to you and any type of any type of wealth to you, you first have to invest into them. 
but you have to see that wealth in them before you invest into them because you wouldn't invest into a dead project. That's right. like, that's like, that's like buying a rental property in the middle of the desert. Mm -hmm. You buy a rental property in the middle of the desert when you, you know, they have city rental properties. Yeah. So same thing with comes with that, that's, 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 that's an aspect to any business aspect. Don't invest into any project without doing your research on it. Right, right, right. Okay, I see. Thank you for all that inspiration. I just took a lot of mental notes now, and I'm taking that with me today. And I'm gonna, <laughs> when I have that self meeting with with self, we gonna we gonna really rock with it. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, it's funny because I was actually just thinking about seven centers of income and thinking about okay, what can you do to produce that. So I was mm -hmm. like, you know, just thinking about different things that I, I know I have, have the skills to do right now. And um, yeah, man, so I, I'm glad you brought that up because that was just more motivation and encouragement for me to actually like go do it. As so, I was telling my brother, you know, it first starts with a hobby. What is your hobby? Because guess what? Anybody will pay, there's 300 million people in this country and there's almost 8 billion people in this world. No matter what you create, at least one person is going to like it. At least mm. one person is going to like it, no matter what it is. You can create something awkward. One person is going to like it, no matter what it is. So you have to keep creating, keep creating, keep creating until you get that, that audience. And then once you get that audience, that's when the fun starts flowing in. But you first start with your hobby. What do you like most? What makes you most motivated? I know that film and photography makes me really motivated. So that's always going to be in my, in my field. But I realized that film and photography wasn't making me as much money. You know, I do a photo shoot here and there, here and there, and I get paid two fifty per photo shoot, but it wasn't paying my bills. And mm -hmm. then when I was doing my films, I was always coming mm. out of my pocket and not really getting an intern. I mean, I mean again getting a return on my uh, on my money when I was doing my films. So it became my it's so I had to realize that how much I love it is still a hobby. And your dreams are still hobbies until you're getting paid from it. And then they become a career. So no matter how much you love doing music, no matter how much you love doing film, no matter how much you love doing dance, whatever your hobby is, it's still a hobby until you start fully getting paid for it and start making a living from your career. I mean, from your hobbies. So Dang. I had to realize that. And I had to realize that it wasn't paying my bills and I had to find another way. And I got right. tired of working. I got tired of working for people. And I realized that I had to find something to do for myself. And that's when I got into the credit repair business. Dang, I feel you okay. on that. So let me let me cut in here real quick and and just kind of update because I'm sure there are probably some people who are going to listen to this episode or are listening to this episode and they didn't listen to the last episode. So or the or the episode before that. So we're in July and um it's not to take away from Juneteenth or anything like that, but in July, I wanted to do a, a month, a series on freedom and uh, the different aspects of freedom in life. And so financial freedom is one of those aspects of life where I really believe a lot of people are really struggling with. They don't know, you know, how to get financially free. And, um, you know, uh, last week we did a, 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 a kind of a general, so to speak, um, a general episode on financial freedom. Um, mm -hmm. And then this particular episode is for credit and specifically for credit. Um, I, I, I know for sure people that I know have messed up credit 
and you know people have really good credit people have great credit i've seen people on the the last two to three years really intentionally working on their credit to to make it better they've done it Uh, one of my homegirls from high school um we're friends on facebook and she's a she's a driver she's a trucker um a truck driver excuse me and um you know, she's built up her credit. She's been going to school. She's been doing amazing. And she'll make, you know, posts, little update posts about her journey and stuff. It's like, yo, to see her go from here to here, you know what I mean, is, is amazing. So I know that some people, they 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 have their, their way to doing things or whatever in regards to their credit. But, um, you know, I just, I'm hoping that by the end of this episode, People walk away encouraged about their credit. People have a better understanding of credit and people have a better understanding of what to do with their credit. So um, before we get into the rest of everything else, we do a random opinion as we always do every week with our guests. So Julian, you got the random opinion this week. What's going on, man? We were, by the way, <laughs> uh, if you if you mention something that is maybe disagreeable, uh, Dre likes to argue. So we it, like to it'll debate. Be fun. Debating, <laughs> good debating I'm a good debater. Thing. I'm a good so, debater, and I'm willing to debate with anybody. If I if I feel like it's a fact that it needs to be out, then hey, I only <laughs> only only debate things that I know is right. I, if, I, if I don't know, I will I will admit that I don't know. And I'm not going to argue something I don't know. That's one thing. Mm. About if I don't know, if I don't know the right answer, I'm not going to sit here and act like I know the right answer. I'm gonna say, really? okay, I don't know, but I will come back. I'm gonna go do. I'm gonna go do my diligent research. Then I'm gonna come back, and then I'm gonna hit you with facts. Oh, let's go. But, let's see. Uh, Look but, what this you week, got. but this week here, my opinion is saying that hey, the black community in the whole needs to realize that hey, your credit is your lifeline. It's, it's not. It's not. Your credit is not just a dollar that you can loan to your friend and expect to get back. No. We don't loan our credit to uh, people because as co-signers, I had to realize that the, the hard way, um, co-signers is, you can easily have co-sign for a friend that you love and something happened to them. And now that debt that they have falls on you. So you have to be mindful when you co-sign it for people that if you going to, I'm not telling you not to co-sign, but if you're going to co-sign, Make sure you do your research on that person. If they have a history of not paying their bills, why would you co-sign for them? If they don't know how to manage their finances, why would you co-sign for them? Because any type of negative history that they get, you're going to get that same history. That's when you co-sign. So I always suggest to people, if somebody needs you to co-sign for them, send them somewhere where they can get their credit clean, whether if it's not from me or if it's from me or for somebody else that does credit repair. Make sure you send them to get their credit clean versus having them co-sign with you because you, you know, know you, you brought up a good point because I've I've never seen someone co-sign for something and then tell the person that they're co-signing with, hey, go get your credit fixed too. You know what I mean? Like they just co-sign with them knowing that they got bad credit. And it's like, exactly. we'll just help you get this merchandise, but not telling them to actually <laughs> get exactly. their credit you know, you, you, you got you got your friends, got your friends and your parents taking taking you to the to the dealership to co-sign for a, a car, and you going to co-sign for a new house, and you barely know how to take care of your light bills. 
<laughs> what's that? What's that? that really make? I ain't go. I can't argue with that. I completely yeah. agree. <laughs> I'm gonna have to stop giving our guests the opportunity to to give their random opinions because y'all taking away the debate aspect of this. No, it's not the debate. And I'm ready to argue, and then it's like. Dang, I can't do nothing but agree. And then it's like, dang, I was ready to argue today. No, I'm just playing. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I just, I, I, I love the debate, but no, actually, that, that's, that's facts. Like, I, like, it's like Dre said. I've never seen anybody, I've never seen anybody co-sign for somebody and then tell them, hey, while you're doing this, go get your credit fixed, or because you know, you need to look into credit or whatever. And it's not, it's not that they don't know to tell them to get their credit fixed. They don't know. Because yeah. a lot of our folks don't know about credit. Now, my grandmother, she's had excellent history her whole life, just about. She's been telling, I sat down and talked with, we'll talk with her because she's always known her to have a high 700s, low 800s credit score. Really? And I, asked, and I asked her, why doesn't my mom know about this? And why weren't we taught about this? She says she didn't know about it. All she knew was to pay her bills on time. And you have to mm. think about when she was growing up, how things mm. weren't meant for the black community. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. we can just we you know they had laws where we can just walk into a bank and apply for a loan. We wasn't taught mm. the history of credit. That's why not to not to offend anybody, but that's why the white community, you know, they have their kids grow up and as soon as they get out of high school, they can go on the Mercedes Benz dealership lot and go and get a brand new G wagon. Go get a brand new, you know, G series, and 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 they 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 all right when they get to college, mm-hmm. because the parents taught them. I don't you know. I was at this picnic one time, and I was sitting talking with this Caucasian lady, and she asked me, "What did I do?" And this is why I realized that the white community don't know about it. Um, they 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 they've been so oblivious to it because we were sitting there talking. She asked me, what did I do? And I told her, I do credit repair. She says, what is credit repair? I started, wow. explaining, to her. I started explaining to her what is credit repair. She says, wow, I didn't know people had to deal with that. She says, because my, <laughs> she, says, she, says, she, says she says, my parents have been building my credit since I was in eighth grade. Ooh. So it's like that community already been building there for their kids. Us. We've been taught, they even got cartoons and movies teaching black kids that credit cards are bad. No, it's how you use your credit card is bad. You know, there's good right. debt and then there's negative debt. There's always going to be, you, everybody's going to have debt for the rest of their life, no matter what it is. You're always going to have good debt and negative debt. Is this debt going to give you more money in your hand or is this debt going to bring your hand down? Okay, so okay think about let me stop you just for a second because that brings me into one of the questions I was going to ask you. Um, there's this guy that, you know, I listen to here and there named Dave Ramsey. He's like a huge person that's in the financial business, um, helps people learn how to save money and create wealth for themselves. And, um, he make, he often makes this statement. He says that there's no such thing as good debt. He doesn't believe there's a such thing as good debt at all. Um, do you believe that? Or why do you think some people have I believe- that kind of take on life? There is good debt and there's negative debt, and I will always express that. Why? Because look, if I give you twenty five thousand and I give him twenty five thousand, you take your twenty five thousand and you go to the Louis Vuitton store, the Gucci store, and you go get a whole bunch of drip, Gucci and Louis drip. Now you twenty five thousand dollars in the hole. Mm-hmm. Now you got to personally pay them back. But let's say he give him twenty five thousand dollars, 
He uses that $25,000 to start a store, go buy business products. Now he can sell that and double his profit. Now he got $25,000 to pay back to the bank and $25,000 in his pocket. That's good mm -hmm. debt and negative debt. That's why I always say there's always going to be debt. You go buy a house, that's good debt because you buy a house for $100,000 today, five, 10 years from now, it's going to be worth 300 because they're going to build a Starbucks down the street. They're going to build a new mall. They're going to build a movie theater in the neighborhood. They're going to build a Walgreens, a Walmart, a Target. Whatever they're going to build in the neighborhood is going to bring value to that house. But you buy a car for 100000 As soon as you drive it off the lot, $20,000. The price goes, goes down. Right, right. So there's, there's, there's good debt and positive debt because that debt that you pay for the house, even though you're $100,000, $100,000 worth of debt, still paying off the house, Five years from now, it's going to be worth two hundred thousand dollars. So you pay. So once you paid off the house, you already got leverage on the house already. That's where you mm -hmm. get your your, your you know, that's where you get your collateral, and that's where you get your leverage for your houses. And that's why a lot of people are able to leverage their houses. I was watching a, a video last night, and the guy was saying that, you know, uh, Kevin Hart. Kevin mm -hmm. Hart was talking. Kevin Hart was talk, talking to uh, Grant Cardone. And he was saying that how he leverages his money, he buys real estate. And when he buys more real estate, literally, the banks, when they see you can handle more, they give you more. So if you can mm. prove you can pay off $15,000, the bank will only give you $15,000. But if you can prove you can pay off $100,000, a bank will give you $100,000. And that all based upon your credit. And you have to get into some kind of debt in order to prove you can pay that money off. So mm -hmm. that's where it becomes good debt and bad debt. But let's say you have the money to pay back that Louis Vuitton. Hey. You got the money. If you got the money, use that money in that credit card to pay for it and then pay it back within that same 30 days before your mm -hmm. next due date. That's how you avoid paying the interest rates. So when you're paying them interest rates, the interest rates can skyrocket if you don't pay. If, if, you, if you leave them balances, I always tell my clients, if you have a $1,000 credit card and your due date is, is, what's today, the 7th? If your due date is on the 7th of every month, make sure uh -huh. you pay that. You have 30 days to pay that four thousand dollars back before they before that bank charges you interest. Mm -hmm. Same thing with an overnight uh, uh, overdraft fee. You know, let's say you have six dollars in your bank account. You go to the store and you spend twelve dollars. You six dollars mm -hmm. in the hole. You wake up in the morning after twelve o'clock midnight. You gonna wake up with a uh, thirty five dollar overdraft fee. Mm -hmm. Same thing if you carry that balance into the next month. It's an interest rate fee. Banks make their money off of poor people and savings accounts and investments. That's how banks make their money. So you gotta be I'm, wise about how you how, how you handle your and how you manage your finances. I'm I'm almost mad that I'm the host right now. Cause you talking so good, bro. Like you're giving so many gems. And I can't just sit here and just, you know what I'm saying, like be the student because <laughs> I still gotta help facilitate the conversation. So I'm just like, oh man, I can't wait till I can go back and listen to this recording. Like I'm going back today and listen to this recording because like this is this is amazing because like like we like we said, a lot of people don't know this information. We just mm -hmm. think, oh, credit repair. Why would I go to somebody and do credit repair for me when I can just do it myself if if it's that easy? Or why would I do this? And it's like, yo, like you can't like you said, like there's specific wordings that need to be used. There's you know, this and this that and then there's also the side where, hey, let me go coastline, I'll go coastline for you. But it's like, why would you do why would you do that if they have a habit of not always paying their bills on time? You know what I'm saying? Just different things that you're, you're provoking people to think about and that people don't normally think about or they don't, or they never think about. And it's like, yo, like, so I'm, 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 the more we get into this conversation, the more I'm like, 
Yeah, I'm so glad that I, you know, this idea of of credit repair and financial freedom came to mind because I would have never learned this or we wouldn't be learning this or our listening audience wouldn't be necessarily learning this right now if I hadn't, if I hadn't acted on that idea that came to my mind. So, um, yeah, man, thank, thank you for, again, thank you for being here right now because that is, that, that is what we need right now. Um, let me, let me ask you this. So, um, what exact, I know you said uh, credit, you know, credit is our lifeline. Um, is there like a particular definition that you would use for that? Or would you say that that's what credit is? That's what credit is. It's your lifeline because you need your credit to get an apartment, to get a house, to, uh, uh, apply for any type of loans, any type of, unless you got cash in your pocket 24 seven then mm-hmm. you need credit which then again cash can only take you so far now i right. can't really give any names but i had a celebrity client he went to the he went to the porsche dealership without coming to us first he came to us afterwards but he went to the porsche dealership thinking that hey i can go to this dealership and buy any car that i want he got to the dealership not realizing that hey i'm going i'm here to finance this car but unless you're willing to drop that hundred thousand dollars on that porsche car you got to finance it. In order to finance it, you need good credit or else you're going to be hit with a high interest rate. So you have to be mindful when using your cash. Cash is not going to take you that far unless you're going to, the same thing with a house. That house costs $5 million. Are you going to spend $5 million on that house? Or are you going to finance that house and pay two, $3,000 a month for that house? Do the math. If you can use, let's say, let's say you even, let's say you, you did have $5,000 to spend on that house. Why would you want to spend $5 million on that house when you can pay that monthly fee, that monthly mortgage fee, and you can use that other money to buy furniture for the house? Why are you still saving money and building money? Mm-hmm. Mm. So that's, that's where it all boils down to having good credit. And you need good credit to do so. And same thing with uh, getting a loan for your business. Of course, you need your LLC and EIN number to go into a bank and start a business bank account. But in order to do so, your personal credit is going to be your personal guarantor for your business. So basically, your personal credit is your, is your, is your co-signer for your business credit. So your personal credit has to be in order in order for a bank to approve you any kind of business loans or any type of business funding. Because they're going to look at your personal credit and see how you pay your personal bills before they loan your business any kind of funds. Interesting. Oh, interesting. Um, what what can a person do to build their credit? Like, let's say somebody, you know, fresh out of high school, you know, they're not from the community that, or let, let, let's just say that their family uh, didn't build their credit, you know what I'm saying, before beforehand or whatever. Um, you know, what can they do? You know, they're no credit and they like, okay, I need to get credit. I need to build credit or whatever. What can they do to build credit? And then follow-up question that you can answer after that is, um, if, uh, if a person has damaged credit, which we know plenty of people have that, um, what, what can they do to rebuild their credit? So I'm going to answer that first, the, la- the second question first, and then the first okay. question last. So if you have bad credit, the first thing first, you need to get your credit clean, whether it's by me or somebody who you can fully trust. Um, you need to make sure that you trust the agent, whoever is working on your credit, because there are a lot of scammers out here. I hear a lot of stories where people say, I paid this person to clean my credit and they didn't do nothing. I paid them. They Sometimes I hear stories where they said they paid the other person 
way more than I'm charging and they did nothing for their credit. So that's why you have to do your research on whoever's doing your credit. Make sure they're a legit company. Make sure they have results that they've proven for other people. Make sure that they showing, make sure they're showing mad results for you. Um, that's the first step. You need to get your credit cleaned. Uh, make sure you have no negative remarks because when you go to apply for anything from any type of creditor, they need to see that you pay your bills 100% of the time. They don't need to see a late payment from 2017, from 2016, none of that. They need to, so they, that way, if you have no negative remarks, then they have no reason to deny you credit. That makes sure they give them no, why are you denying me credit? I have excellent history. I got the money. There should be no reason why you're sitting here denying me credit. Then it becomes mm-hmm. a discri- then it become a discrimination issue. <laughs> then you're on a, now you're on a bigger path. <laughs> but um, the other question, how to build your credit? Now, when I first started, I didn't know much about credit when I got into this business. I was homeless actually before I got into this business because wow. I couldn't get I, I couldn't get anything with my credit. You know, I had to learn this business because I was homeless for three my the last three months living in L.A. I was homeless um, because I couldn't get an apartment because of my credit. So how I started, I had a mentor who showed me the business, but how I started leveraging my credit, which you can start with getting unsecured loans. I mean, uh, unsecured credit cards where you use, let's say 500 of your own dollars and you go to a bank, ask for a unsecured credit card. They're using your $500 as a loan in their credit card. So whenever you use that $500 credit card, you still got to pay that $500 back on that credit card which is mm-hmm. how most people get small, have started have start, no, start building their credit with small loans. But I have other ways on how I, other, have other methods on how I have my clients build their credit reports a lot faster, um, such as self-lender. This is a CD savings account. Now I give all these accounts to my clients for free because I found them and I like to help my clients build their credit reports. So I get, always give this, this information away for free. Um, but uh, self-lender is a CD savings account. Now, these companies made a lot of money off of me because I sent a lot of clients to these companies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with uh, it. But self-lender is a, sa- is a savings account. And you can choose whatever, however much money you want them to take out of your bank account a month. I chose $50. A lot of my clients cho- choose different prices, however much they want to come out of their bank account. So what they do is the, the website takes the money out of your bank account every month. On your credit report, it looks like you're paying money to this creditor every month. And after a 12-month term, they send you a check or your money back. It's a savings account. But on your credit report, it looks like you're paying this creditor for a whole year. Oh, wow. And the others are My Drillist Club, New Coast Direct, and Self... Uh, not, no, My Drillist Club, Hutton Chase, and uh, New Coast Direct. Now, these accounts cost anywhere between $100 and $150 each. But what these accounts do is they place a $5,000 credit limit paid off in your credit report. Remember when I said earlier, a bank was only going to prove you for what you can prove you can pay off. Mm-hmm. Let's say you get all, let's say you get all three of those accounts at $5,000 each. That's $15,000 paid off in your credit report. And you pay anywhere between $300 and $450 for them. That's $15,000 paid off. So you can go to the, any bank and go apply for $15,000. No matter if you went to Bank of America, Chase, Wells Fargo, Navy Federal, PNC, you can go to all banks. And go and apply for that fifteen thousand dollars. So it's not, but so it's not actual five thousand dollar credit limit. It just shows that you have paid off five thousand dollars. It show in your credit report. It's leverage. Mm, it's leverage in okay. your credit because it, it gives it, it gives it gives your it gives your credit report leverage. And not only that, it gives it leverage. It gives it monetary leverage as well. So it, it, right, leverages, right. it leverages the monetary leverage and the scores as well. So it boosts your scores up as well as boosting your. Uh, your your uh your limit your uh your your credit limits 
Right. Okay. Mm. Hey, question. I um I seen this. Uh, I don't know the name of the company, but I seen this ad going around in regards to credit repair, and I can't remember if they said ninety or one hundred eighty days. I think it was one hundred eighty days. Um, but they uh, there's this guy. It's a video of this guy on a bullhorn. He's announcing to whoever's there, "Hey, did you know that after one hundred eighty one hundred and eighty days? Yeah, I think that's. I think it was after after X amount of days." Uh, you know, companies can't come after you for you know whatever you you owe. Is that necessarily true, or how does that, that necessarily is, work when you kind of owe? That's very true. That that is very not true because credit because an account stays in your credit report for seven to ten years. If you do no action about any account, it stays in your credit report for seven to ten years. Inquiry stay on mm. your credit report for two years without mm. any type of action. That's the bankruptcy, anything on your credit report. And they all have different weights based upon the type of account that they are and the balances that they have. You know, a hard inquiry can be anywhere between, you know, three and five points per inquiry. And then a bankruptcy goes as much as 200 points. You know, so the accounts, the accounts vary. You no, know, a bankruptcy is basically the worst thing that you have in your credit report. So, you know, that's, that's the ultimate form of saying you don't know how to pay your bills on time. Mm-hmm. So that's the worst thing that you can have your credit report when applying for anything. Um, so if you ever apply for anything and you have a bankruptcy, make sure you get that bankruptcy off your credit report. Um, but you have to be mindful of what's in your credit report before applying for things as well. You always, I should, I say, you should always monitor your credit before applying for anything because you mm-hmm. want to make sure that you want to make sure that you're being approved and not just racking up unnecessary hard inquiries. I always tell my clients, make sure you look at your credit report and make sure that you have no negative remarks. Make sure your scores in order before you apply for anything. And if you're unsure, it just makes it, it worse, right? If you just keep it on worse. applying for stuff, because if you keep on applying for stuff, let's say um, I was just an example. I posted a video about this maybe about a month ago about how a client had forty different hard inquiries from one dealership. Oh gosh! Why? Because if you have bad credit, if you have bad credit, you go into that dealership. The dealership's only job is to sell you a car. No matter how good or bad your credit is, their job is to sell you a car. So what they're going to do is we're going to run your credit. You have bad credit. We're going to try to get this car sold to you. That's the ultimate goal. So we're going to run your credit through Bank of America. Bank of America says your credit is bad. We're not giving you no money. Okay, let me take you to Santander Consumer. Santander Consumer said your credit is bad. Okay, we're going to take you to PNC. PNC say your credit is bad? No. And it becomes a continuous cycle. They go through multiple, they go through their list of banks until they find one bank that approves you. And if no bank approves you, then they come back to the desk and say, sorry, you weren't approved. After they ran your credit multiple times and racked up nothing but hard inquiries all over your credit. Dang. So, and I, I explain that to clients all the time. You have to know what your credit scores are before you go into a dealership because the only job is to sell you a car and they will rack up your inquiry. They will rack up your credit report with hard inquiries. And remember, each hard inquiry equates to three to five points per inquiry. And you get about 40 of them. Do the math on it. Ooh. So, you know, just three of those times 40 is 120. Yeah, man. That's a lot of points. Exactly. And a lot of folks don't understand that. And I want to get the community to really understand their credit reports and how to read their credit reports. Because a lot of folks don't know how to read their credit reports. All they see is their scores on their credit reports. They need to actually understand what's on the report, how to properly read the credit report, how to probably read the remarks on the credit report, and not just looking at the scores. 
because they would look at the score. My score is five this, four this. I don't know why. Okay, read your credit report. Uh-huh. It says Question. it right there. If you, it says right there if you read it. Question. You know how you were just talking about the points? Does that take away from your credit? Like, let's say, let's say I'm at a 600 on my credit score. Does the inquiries, the the hard inquiries, do they take away from that 600? They take away from that 600 and bring you down. <laughs> that that's that's a lot of points. the average. The average. The average. The average score that loan the loaners want to see is a minimum of a 640 minimum to to prove any loans and then even if your score is a 640 you might end up with a high interest rate 18 plus percent you know um my last What's... card that i bought my last card that i bought um my interest rate was 18 percent because i had no car credit i was still building my credit but after i built up and leveraged my credit pay for that car for a good straight month uh eight months no no late payments anything i think that car traded back in got it my beamer and when I got my Beamer, my my interest rate went from eighteen percent down to two percent. So question you have to leverage on, their credit. Go ahead. Specific question on that. Uh, for for people that like to uh, maybe trade in their cars after so long or whatever, should they uh, should they base that based on their credit versus based on maybe how much money they might have or down payment down payment money that they might have or anything like that? Like, should they like look at their credit first and say, okay, wait. You know, my credit is uh this right now, uh six forty, you know. Um maybe I should wait to trade in this car. You always wanna make sure your credit is above before you apply for any type of loan, even with the car, because your interest rate is gonna be higher. Now let's say now let's say my my car note my car note now is a um is seven seven twenty, seven hundred and twenty dollars at a two nice. percent interest rate. But let's say, let's say my interest rate was eighteen percent as my last car. I'll probably be paying eleven hundred dollars for that car as, wow. a, as, a, as, a, as a monthly note. So you have to do the, and that's all comes with having good credit. You have to have, know how to. Have, you have, like I said, you have to monitor your credit, make sure your credit is in order before applying for anything, because your credit is going to be the leverage to help you get there. Because the banks want to see how you pay your bills before I loan you money. That's like you mm-hmm. want to loan them. You want you want to you want to loan a hundred dollars to somebody you know wouldn't pay you back. But you'll loan a hundred dollars to somebody that you know that'll pay you back. Pay you one hundred and fifty dollars because you loaned them hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. That's basically mm-hmm. that's basically how banks look at people. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go in there and you can prove you can pay the money back, then they will give you the money. What what can people do to or where can they uh, maybe go to like find trusted information on? you know, online or, or wherever to, like, learn about, you know, credit the way that you did. Because, I mean, you did it, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't know if you necessarily did it to start a business, but you ended up, you know, getting into the business side of it and actually working the business side of it. Um, but what if somebody, you know, they just want to, like, really learn more about it so that they can better handle their credit and things like that and, you know, uh, manage it and all that stuff. So, like, what, uh, uh, do you have, like, any sources of, like, trusted insources, uh, insources? Do you have any trusted sources that they can go to, or know of any trusted sources that they, uh, people can go to 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 learn more about uh, credit and how to work it and things like that? Um, there's plenty of YouTube videos that you can watch on how to properly use your credit. Basically, mm-hmm. YouTube Credit One Hundred and One, uh, uh, reading the credit report One Hundred and One, 
basics. Starting with the basics, learn how to read your credit report and how to understand your credit report. Understand what certain remarks in your credit report mean. And have several YouTube, and you can always Google anything about your credit report. You literally, I say I learned more from Google and YouTube than I ever learned in school. In my yeah. what, <laughs> sixteen years of school, I learned yeah. YouTube and Google. So I've been saying, I've been saying, YouTube is a, is the new university. It, like, it really you, is. You learn. If you, you can, you can. <laughs> You learn how to change oil in your car, <laughs> right? Like I was gonna say, if you if you if you if you don't really know, especially if you specifically don't have an idea of what you really want to do yet, or you don't know for sure what you want to do yet, and even with that, if you don't like, like I, I say it like this, right? I always use my experience with the LA Film School, and and, and suggest like, hey man, if basically you're not gonna use the resources that they provide don't go like you can just do it on youtube just go to youtube and just you know what i'm saying and between youtube and your personal experience just doing it just trying things um you know and my other example is um um his, uh, uh deandre official's uh cousin uh ronnie mm-hmm. he he he's better at producing music than i am and i went to school for it why because he took the experience route and i took the school route i didn't apply you know what i'm saying as i was going through school what I was learning, and I didn't tap into the to the resources. So now I'm, you know, what I'm saying further behind than what I could be if I had been applying and taking, you know, their resources, you know, seriously. Versus him, he's, you know, far beyond what I'm what I'm at where I'm at right now. So, I think the other saying? thing like, about YouTube is like YouTube creates relatability. You see somebody is like, oh, it's just like me. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you mm-hmm. see somebody doing something. It's like, I could just make a video about the knowledge that I have, too, about this subject. You know what I mean? So I, I yeah. think RealTube does create that. Because I've definitely had, like, a car issue and just, like, my friends just look at this YouTube video and exactly. figure this out real quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You don't have to go into, yeah. I learned how to change the oil on my, on my Beamer back in L.A. a few years ago <laughs> from YouTube. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. So Saved you a lot of money, huh? Saved you a lot of money. I got a question for you. Um, you it was something that you kind of mentioned a little bit earlier um, about the lady that you met that you said was having her credit built since she was eight years old. Um, how do you build credit for your children? Well, there's other ways. Stocks is a great way. Stop. You can get you. You have access to your child's social. You can always apply for things in their social. Apply for things in their, apply for things in their name. But if you want to apply for things in their name, pay the bill. Not like because like, some like people most, abuse their children's credit, huh? For real. Most black most black parents they put cable bills, light bills in their kid's name, and they never pay them. And then the kids grow up with. I had several clients where the parents did that. And then they, yeah. my, 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 this, 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 this bill been on my credit forever since my mom and my dad. But no, the Caucasian family don't do that. They right. pay the bill. Right. So if you're gonna put something in your kid's name, pay the bills. Pay the bills. I say don't use your credit. Use your credit just like how you would use your cash. Mm-hmm. Because even though I may have ten thousand dollars worth of cash with me, and then a ten thousand dollar credit card. I only have ten thousand dollars. Right, right, right. Man, can you tell them that again? Can you tell? Please say that because, like, for real, man. Like, people really be thinking they have more money than what they do, and they don't. Like, you ain't got it. 
So, like, if you, if, if, like I said, it all comes back to what that thousand dollars. If the bank gives you a thousand dollar credit card and you spend that thousand dollars, you got thirty days to pay that thousand dollars back before they hit you with an interest rate fee. Uh-huh. And if you pay that back before then, there's no fees. There's no fees to charge. That way you don't have to pay no fee. You pay the principal. And the principal is that thousand dollars that you spent. You pay that thousand dollars back and not paying a thousand one hundred. So right, basically right, right. every so basically after um so every bill cycle you have thirty days to pay it off without the interest. Without interest. Damn. So let's say if I was that say let's say you had that thousand dollar credit card today, you use that thousand dollar credit card today. If you pay a thousand dollars back tomorrow, you're not hitting, getting hit with interest. Man, and that's how that's how I explain to use credit cards for people, and that's how you build your credit. You build your credit. You build your credit, and they build your limits based off of that. So let's say you had that thousand dollar credit card, and you pay that thousand dollars back immediately. That lets the bank know, hey, this guy got some kind of money. And he pays us back on time. And he pays us back rapidly. Let's go ahead and give him some more money. Let's add another. Fifteen hundred dollars to his credit card. So now you got twenty five thousand. Now you got twenty five hundred dollars worth of credit. Now you pay. You use that, and you keep using it. You keep using large amount. Pay that large amount back. And when you pay that large amount back, they give you more. And they, Question. They, they, and it keeps and keeps increasing. Question: Is it um, is it true that they uh, like the creditors or whoever it is that looks at it? Uh, if you're like paying paying it all back. Basically, all at one time, that they see that as kind of a bad thing versus you paying it back in increments. No, I pay all my bills back always. I pay all my bills literally. If I use my credit cards, I pay it off within the same day or the next day. So, is it better to use large amounts or small amounts? Because I've I've heard large amounts if you can. Like large amounts if you can. I make. I make all of my large amounts with my debit, my, my credit cards, and I just pay it back off of my credit cards because if I'm already going to use the cash, I might as well just use my credit card and build my credit and just pay my credit cards back. So you're saying you're only purchasing things, though, that you could afford already with cash, though? Yeah. Right. If I can't afford it with my cash, I can't afford it with my credit card. That makes a lot of sense right there. I think that's where people fail at right there. Is they I act think, like they think they think like the ten thousand dollars cash and the ten thousand dollars credit it's card, extra money. I got, <laughs> I got twenty thousand dollars. No, you got ten thousand dollars. Right, right. So wait, wait, so you use your credit cards to pay each other off? I pay, I pay things off. I pay things off my credit card. Like my dog just needed uh, his leg fixed. Cost forty five hundred dollars. I use my credit card for that, and I just paid my paid it off. Pay paid. Paid off cash, my credit card with cash, because I still had to pay to get his leg fixed. Right. I'm gonna pay cash to get it fixed. I might as well pay for it with a credit card. Pay my credit card off. That way, I'm so, still building my credit. So wait, are, are there are there? And if there are, you can you can definitely uh, say what it whatever uh, those suggest those specific things are. But are there specific things that you use your credit cards for? And then certain things you say, no, I'm not gonna use that for. Or how how do you work that? No, use your credit card for whatever you feel like you need it for. Your credit cards are, if you're not, if you want to use cash, if you want to use your cash, why not use your credit card and just pay it back? You say mm. you need groceries, you need, you need, you need gas. So, and, but would you pretty much every 
purchase, probably not every purchase, but majority of purchases is just like I might as well be building credit since I can afford might it as well be anyway. Building. I might exactly. as well be building credit. That's how I'm gonna spend that way, my money. That, 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 that way. That way it gives me more leverage when I'm going to apply for things later on with my credit because I'm already using my credit. And if I pay that $4,500 off, they're going to increase my limit by at least $1,000. Mm -hmm. So it's going to right. continue increasing my limits. I'm with you on that. So it all becomes with that. It all it all it all is all stems down to that building my credit and building up my scores. You um, I right, tell me this: if there is um, oh no, there was another question that we did have earlier. Uh, what's the best way to uh get a low mortgage payment? The mortgage low down low down payment on your mortgage. Well, the average that they look for is at least a six forty credit score, which is fairly low a 640 uh -huh. and they want to see at least six positive accounts to your credit report just a positive account so a positive account are, are loans that you're paying on they are not they are not considered phone bills medical bills collections they're not considered that a positive account is considered a auto loan a mortgage loan credit cards or any type of personal loan that a bank is guaranteed to you that's following on your credit report those are considered mm -hmm. positive accounts. As long as you pay those bills on time, they consider it a positive account. Now, once you start missing late payments and become negative with them, then they become a negative account. Right, okay. So they, so they want to see at least six positive accounts, whether it be two, cre uh, two credit cards. They want to see a mixture of revolving credit because they want to see how you pay your bills to these credit cards. They want to see how you pay your bills to these car loans, to these other loans. And they want to see a list before they approve you $300,000 for this house. They want to see how good you are with managing your finances before they approve you type of money. Right. Okay. Okay. So banks don't. Banks don't have. Banks don't have no problem giving out money because that's how they make their money. They have right. no problem giving out money. So they have, but they have to trust you with their money because if they're giving you three hundred thousand dollars, they're giving you three hundred thousand dollars out of somebody's savings account. They need their money back. Right. All right. One more question. I got. Uh, so I'm kind of in the process right now of figuring out. Um, I was I was with a bank. I pulled my money out of the bank, and I'm thinking about transitioning to another bank right now. Uh, is a is a savings account the best place to put money? I know it doesn't grow in there. Uh, is there a better place to? Oh, there's different types of savings accounts. So just like a regular bank savings account, though, I know it doesn't grow in there. Like if you go to Chase Savings Account. If you have more than five thousand dollars saved in a savings account, it does start growing. It starts paying you back dividends. Mm, okay. So it depends on the dividends. amount that's in there. It depends on the amount. That's why that's why a lot of people start getting charged monthly fees and some people don't get charged monthly fees. The people that have more money in their bank account typically don't get paid, you only get charged monthly fees. Why? Because the banks still need to make money. They make their money off those interest those those interest fees and those monthly fees. But if you have a certain amount of money in your bank, they have a certain amount of money that they can invest into other people, which is they're using your money to grant out credit cards to other people, which is your money, or they're using your money for investments. And they need the money to do that. And when they do that, they get paid back and they pay you a dividend. So like how much is is that dividend? Is it is it does it, it make it sense? It, 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 it depends. It depends. Sometimes it's maybe like 7% of what you have in there, 6%, 5%, <laughs> but they still give you some money back. Okay. It's not quick money. It's not quick money, but if you let the money mm -hmm. the same, it, it grows on its own. Right, right, right. Okay. 
Okay. Because that's the, that's the thing that I was thinking about is, you know, I wanted to put my money in places where it's going to grow. I didn't want it to put it somewhere where it's just going to collect dust. You know what I mean? Like, as far as savings is concerned. I know. I just bought, I just bought 25 shares of Gap stock right now. Mm-hmm. Last week, I just bought 25 shares of Gap stock because Kanye West just signed a four-season tenure. Yeah, I know. I know. So, therefore, that's four seasons. That's four seasons in a year. It's summer, spring, winter, fall. With that being said, he got them for 10 years. He's about to be creating jeans, hoodies, T-shirts, everything. So that means Gap is going to make so much money off of that. I pay, what, $12.30 for per share of stock. Let's say by the end of this 10-year term, that stock going to probably go up to $20, $25 because of all the money that they made. And it brings the value of the company up. Especially since Kanye signed to deal with them, that brought more value to them. They said they they seen a surge in stock in stock prices. I mean, they seen a surge in uh, people buying stocks uh, for Gap since uh, he signed to deal with them. And that's literally why that's literally the main deal. Why that's main the main reason why I bought the uh, stock is because of Kanye West. How do you buy stock? Do you go through an app or something like that, or do you go There's straight to the company? Apps. There's plenty of apps. Like Robinhood app. and stuff like that? I have the app. I have, Robinhood is one of the best apps, and that's where I literally buy all my stocks through. Yeah. Um, I just bought, this weekend, I just bought 50 shares of OGI stock. Mm-hmm. OGI, is a, OGI is a marijuana stock company. Uh, they supply marijuana to uh, just about every uh, dispensary in the U.S. as well as Canada. So they mm-hmm. need money to they need money to keep their shipment and keep things going. And then I say at least in the five years, I should be seeing a nice return from them. Mm-hmm. So, Especially during quarantine, I'm pretty sure businesses in the, in the, in the cannabis business went up. The, business, the, the, the cannabis business is just an overall billion-dollar business. Mm-hmm. Billion-dollar business. And it's growing daily. Because you think of all the other, all the other um, states that's legalizing marijuana now. Yeah. It's a big business. You know, Canada... I mean, uh, um, uh, what's it called? Um... Colorado, I think in the first year, made $60 million just from wow. legalizing weed. Made $60 million just from weed. And they used the majority of that money to start building schools, fix roads, all that stuff in the city. So I wish a lot of other, comp- I wish a lot of other states started doing that, like Chicago, because Chicago definitely needs that help. Damn. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, listen, before we... Uh, Oh, that's that's my background. Oh, sorry. Uh, before we segue out of this, let me ask you this. Um, if someone wanted to get into the business of credit repair, um, what's something that you can maybe suggest or, you know, any advice that you can give them um, on venturing out into that business? understand a credit report because I mean anybody can do credit repair but can you really explain it can you really explain what's wrong with the client's credit report to them can you fully uh, can, you, can you fully dissect the credit report and explain exactly what's wrong and that's what I dealt with a lot of other clients coming from a lot of other credit repair companies that they say that the agent never really explained this to them they never explained what was really wrong with their credit report. They just charged them their fee and said they was fixing it. But right. with me, 
I give every client a, a, a phone call consultation and then an email consultation. So the phone call consultation is me going over everything in your credit report with you, showing and talking through everything, every bullet point on every account. This is why this account is this way. This is why this account needs to be removed. This account has this certain kind of balance on it. This is why this account is a negative. This account has been a negative for such and such years. So that's why I go through and I dissect all of my clients' credit reports and make sure right. they Some understand. people are getting the help without the education. Huh? Exactly. I help my clients mm. understand their credit reports. I want them, and I want them to understand their credit reports because for the main fact, I don't want my clients to come back to me with the same problems. After, right, they right. Get their after, they get, after they get their credit cleaned, I need them to send me their friends and their family members now. I don't need them constantly coming back and forth to me. <laughs> right, 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 right. I feel it. Hey, uh, one more one more question for you um, before we uh, go into the, the quick lightning game. Um, it, it is is the so I know I know. For instance, you were mentioning the the seven years, uh, seven to ten years on the on the reports and all that stuff. Is it possible for somebody to have a, a, a negative remark removed from from their report before that seven to ten years? Not without any action being done, it's gonna it's just gonna sit down your credit report for seven to ten years, and then mm -hmm. it then it then it falls off. But without any type of action being done, then it's just gonna sit there. So the action would need to be for them to pay it, or paying paying the negative account is not gonna remove the account off your credit report. And I explain it to my clients all the time: do not pay a cut any if the account is closed and negative, a charge off collections. Do not pay those accounts those are a waste of money because once the account has gone into charge off and sold into collections that account not even doesn't even belong to the original creditor anymore and you're losing money out on that account once you pay that account so let's say you that same thousand dollars that bank of america approved you for you spend that thousand dollars but let's say you dip off to mexico and you never pay them that thousand dollars back now bank of america is a thousand dollars in the hole that that they use somebody's thousand dollars for to loan you and now they got to figure out how to make pay that money back. So what they would do is Bank of America is going to pay that thousand dollars of their own money to close that account. Once that account is closed, that account is now in charge off status. The account is closed and negative now. It hit charge off status. And it only can get there after it hit 120 days, 150 days, 180 days past due. And then it goes into charge off status. And that's when the bank paid their money back. But Bank of America is still out of a thousand dollars because they paid that thousand dollars for your account so now they got to figure out how to get that thousand dollars back how to get that thousand dollars back they sell it to a collection agency a collection agency is not going to pay a thousand dollars for that thousand dollar account collection agency got to make some kind of money so the collection agency is going to pay bank of america maybe seven eight hundred dollars for that account but bank of america is still out two hundred three hundred dollars how to get the rest of their money back after it's been sold into collections that account doesn't even belong to Bank of America no more. That's basically like I sold you a car. I can't come back to you tomorrow and try to drive that car. Mm -hmm. It's not my car no more. It's not Bank of America's account no more. So they sold that account into collections. By it being sold into collections, that's not their account no more. So therefore, it becomes the collections account, which they don't have the original records from Bank of America. So it's not their account anymore. Oh, that was interesting. That, that so paying a collection Dang. agency back is uh, doesn't really help you. It doesn't all. help you at all. It doesn't help you at all because once you pay the account, it's still going to stay in your credit report for seven to ten years. 
mind you, let's say you have that account. Let's say that, let's say the account closed in 2017, three years ago. It closed in 2017. You decide to pay off that full balance today. All it's going to do is, all sorry, I got a call coming in. All it's going to do is remove the balance from that account. The account is still going to stay in your credit report for seven to ten years. Not only that, it opens up for another seven to ten years because now you made it active again by paying it. Since oh, it closed wow. three years ago, it opens up for another seven to ten years to stay in your credit report because it's negative. And when you do that, it's just it's staying in your credit report. So even though you had that negative history in the past, whenever you go to apply for new credit, even though it's going to say a zero dollar balance, they're still going to see that still that negative. negative. Mm. They're still going to see that those negatives were were in your credit report from 2017 and beforehand. So that's why I say it's pointless to pay on negative closed accounts such as charge-offs, collections, anything that's negative and closed because they're simply just going to remove the balance and not the account. And creditors are going to see that creditors are going to see that account in your credit report. So then that's that where means? either you have the knowledge to speak up for yourself or you go get somebody like you to to help with that. Correct. Mm. And that's why I work to remove those accounts out of my clients' credit reports. So that way, whenever they go to apply for credit, the creditors see that they pay their bills 100% of the time. They don't see no late remarks. And okay, then so... They, and then return, they get approved every time they apply for something. So basically, the action isn't so much to pay uh, collections off or something like that, as far as people, like all the closed accounts. Not the open ones, the, the closed ones, people. The closed ones. The closed, the closed but ones. But you, yeah. you go and basically you have... Because uh, when I kind of did a little bit of research about it, and it was saying, uh, you if you do, uh, you like you could pay it, but then like as far as getting it off, you know, removed off of your your report, you need to like basically write a letter, a, a letter, or get some form of agreement with them to say, hey, like you know, they'll remove it off of your credit report as well when you make when you make that payment. And you got to yes, get them to send you a confirmation letter or something like that. They have to. They have to have it be because if they tell you, if they tell you, because I hear, I hear the story so many times where they say, if you pay this bill, I'm going to remove it off your credit. I hear the story so many times from clients where they say that um, I paid this bill and they said they're going to remove it. They say that all the time just to get the consumer to pay the bill. That's why it's better so to get they lie. removed. They lie. They will lie to you just to get their money. They will lie just to get their money. I hear the story so many times. That's why if you're going to pay a bill, make sure you always get a written agreement that the account is going to be removed. Right. And don't get, so, don't pay nothing until you get the written agreement. Right. That's what I was just about to say. They need to make sure that they have a, a, a written confirmation or a typed up confirmation before they actually make the payment. Correct. So that way yeah. it can never, that way it can never fall through in court because <clears throat> if I don't have proof, nothing stands up in the court. Court, court only bases right. itself off of proof. If I have yeah, proof that they said they are going to delete and they didn't delete it, then you know, they got to delete it. But they said they are going to delete it. Well, they said it. Do you have any proof? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, he, it's the whole... It's word, your word. And the company's right. word always going to win. Yeah, it's the whole saying that goes, you know, if it's not written down, then it didn't happen. Exactly. Yeah. So... Listen, man, that that was great. Like I said, I can't wait to go back to listen to this because I need a lot of gems. I need a lot of gems. This was very informational and very educational. Um, So I really hope that everybody that's listening, um, that you guys were taking notes because I guarantee you there was so much in here that was just said that if you ain't taking notes, you miss some stuff for real. Um, 
With that being said, we got the quick lightning game. And this is always a fun way for, you know, our listening audience and us to get to know our guests just a little bit better outside of the story or the information that they're providing for us. So today, our, my boy Julian, he chose food, uh, music, and drinks. You ready? Oh, speaking yeah. of which, you cannot explain any of your answers. Is it this or that? Okay. Or this? Depending on, you know, I, I like to throw a third one in there every now and then. So here we go. Rice or chow mein? Rice. Water or Gatorade? Water. Sprite or Pepsi? Sprite. The Delphonics or Gladys Knight and the Pips? Gladys Knight. <laughs> Soul food, Italian food, or Mexican food? Mexican food. Fruit punch or lemonade? Lemonade. The Temptations or the Beatles? Temptations. Orange juice or apple juice? Orange juice. Luther Vandross or the OJs? Luther Vandross. <laughs> Michael Jackson or Prince? Michael Jackson. <laughs> I'm burgers on that one. <laughs> burgers with cheese or no cheese? With cheese. Barbecue chicken or fried chicken? Fried chicken. Lay's chips or barbecue lays? Regular lays. Ooh, okay. Didn't think you were gonna <laughs> say that one. Um, brandy or Monica? Monica. Hey, I think that was it. I, had, I always had the biggest crush on my brother had the crush growing up my brother had the crush on Brandy I had the crush on my brother